Right. Can the Rams win the NFC West? That's coming up on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We are also available on YouTube. If you're new to the channel, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, smash that like button, and most importantly, drop some comments down below. You want all your Rams takes down below in the comment section. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. You might know me. I cover the Dodgers for Dodgers Nation. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade since the Rams move back to LA. I've been repping the Rams. I'm loyal to the soil and always to your left. That is Mr. Travis Rogers. He's the host of the Rams pre half and post game show. You can follow him at Travis Rogers entering his eighth season covering the Rams for the Rams flagship station ESPN 710. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Trav, you ready to talk about some NFC West? Can the Rams get it done this year in the division? One week closer to the start of football season. I am absolutely ready. Let's do it. Okay, so we have to talk about right at the top of the show, the San Francisco 49ers. So we know the 49ers have the Rams number in the regular season, winning eight of the last nine games. We also know that the Rams beat the San Francisco 49ers when it mattered most. They beat them in the NFC championship game. They went on to win the Super Bowl. To me, it almost feels like the Rams are the Padres and the San Francisco 49ers are the Dodgers in that, yeah, the Dodgers dominated the Padres all last season, the regular season, but when it mattered most, when the title was on the line, that is when they won it all. So just looking at this 49ers team heading into this, how do you think the mindset is for this 49ers team heading into this year? It's kind of how they look at the Rams. Yeah, I, I like the Dodger Padre comparison. I think that's a really good one because the the Dodgers have been the team that's just been beating everybody up and down the road until it comes time to the most important part. And obviously, like you mentioned, the Padres took care of that. And hopefully the Rams can become the Dodgers and then the Dodgers from 2020 and kind of close the whole show along the way. Um they got a long way to go to catch up to the 49ers. The, the 49ers have been better than the Rams, you know, full stop minus the NFC championship game uh, just two seasons ago. Now, the good news is if you're looking at this and, and you're you're trying to figure out how the Rams land next to the 49ers is I think the 49ers have a big question mark coming into this season. Now, the Rams also have a bunch of big question marks as well, but the Rams, excuse me, the 49ers probably have one at the most important position, and that's at the quarterback spot. What exactly is that going to look like? We saw Brock Purdy get hurt uh, in the NFC Championship game against the Philadelphia Eagles. So is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be ready? And then there's a whole nother level of Brock Purdy. And, and don't get me wrong, there's no shade here at all. Brock Purdy was great for them last year. I'm going to need to see it again 
you know, th- this kind of to kind of continue our, our Dodger uh, uh, metaphor here. He's kind of like Tony Gonsolin. Yes, it was very, very good. Yes, I was very impressed. I'm thrilled to have seen it. But when it's somebody you get it from who you might not be expecting it from, that second time through, I think, is just as important. Now, Gonsolin's done a good job with the Dodgers. Can Brock Purdy do it again? He, he was Mr. Irrelevant for a reason. I know that sometimes guys pop at, at different points, but I think there's a big question there. What do they do with Trey Lance? Trey Lance was the third pick overall in the draft not that long ago. And this is a a, a weird thing. We don't know. We don't see this very often. Trey Lance, we don't know if he's any good or not. The 49ers don't know if he's any good or not. He could be amazing. He could be terrible. There's no data on Trey Lance. He hasn't played. So you have this guy that you spent all this money and draft capital to go get in Trey Lance. You have another guy that you kind of stumbled into and Brock Purdy is Mr. Irrelevant. I don't know which direction you go here if you're Kyle Shanahan. And I think that that's the one thing that can kind of make a football team in a weird spot is not having a a, a clear leader at quarterback. And right now, I don't know if the San Francisco 49ers do. Yeah, no, I think you present all the big questions that they do have. You look at that quarterback position. That is the number one question in San Francisco. And I think it's an advantage for the Rams, the fact that they play them early in the year, play them in the second week of the season when there is still going to be some doubts. And also you have Sam Darnold into the fold. And we know that Kyle Shanahan, he is the quarterback's whisperer. He can optimize quarterbacks up in San Francisco. They're almost agnostic at that position. Whoever you plug in, they can get results out of and productivity out of. But I think it's going to be very interesting interesting because you mentioned Trey Lance and that is what I look at. I mean, there's the whole sunk cost fallacy. The fact that, as you mentioned, they trade up to get him. He was the third overall pick. And look, the reality is he goes into a monsoon last season and he gets injured. I mean, let's see how Brock Purdy would have fared there. We know that Brock Purdy, he was one of the, feel-good stories of the NFL last year. He wasn't pretty good. He was really good for that San Francisco team. Goes 7-0, then he loses that playoff game on the road. And look, there's veteran quarterbacks that don't have two playoff wins. So he's already gotten off to Schneid with that. But the question I have is, has the clock struck midnight on Purdy. Will Cinderella turn into a pumpkin? I mean, from what you saw from him last season, of course, played very well. Like he way, like the way he runs that offense. I think he runs an offense well, especially when you consider the weapons they have. But are you a believer in Purdy next season for the Niners? I'm a believer in Kyle Shanahan, like you mentioned, D-Mac. I, I think that he's kind of got that thing that whatever he says to his quarterbacks is going to make whoever they are a little bit better. I think he puts them – I think he does a thing that not a lot of coaches do. I think Sean McVay is very good at this too, but – Make sure you put him in a position to succeed. Figure out what he does really well and ask him to do that. Figure out what he does not do well and don't ask him to do that. I think that's something that Kyle Shanahan is really good at. Look, I understand that there are outliers to all this stuff, that nothing is a hard and fast rule. Good quarterbacks typically come from the top of the draft. They usually don't come from the middle of the draft, and they almost never come from the back end of the draft. Again, I know that there's Tom, the Tom Brady story. I know that there are some other ones out there. Russell Wilson, a later round draft pick. But more often than not, your 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 really difference making quarterbacks come from the top of the draft. He was not. He was Mister Irrelevant. Um, I would like to see it again. I would like to see him when uh, a, a team and, and the league and a division has an entire 
offseason, has an entire year of tape on him to figure out what it is they want to try to force him to do. Um, I, I, I am comfortable playing against a Brock Purdy quarterback team. I just think the Rams have some other issues that they need to get figured out uh, there. But as far as the, the Niners at large in the division, that's their biggest question, I believe. Yeah, no, I think you bring up a great point in the fact that he wasn't unknown when he started. And he goes into that Miami game where offensive line was really decimated and he goes in there and performs. But if you talk to scouts, which they point out the fact that, yeah, sometimes it's better to be a first year quarterback than a third year quarterback, because then the tapes out on you, then they can scout you. But I think that Trey Lance, I think they're going to be enticed to start him early. And that's kind of how it pertains to this Rams team is which quarterback will they see? I think, yes, Purdy is going to have the inside track. But I think you look at Trey Lance. He's been throwing with Patrick Mahomes this offseason. His release looks quicker. It looks faster. It looks better. It's a high release. And also, I look at the fact that he only played with George Kittle once. He only never played with Christian McCaffrey. He didn't play with that Niners offensive line when they were further established. So I do like the possibility of the Niners maybe going with Trey Lance to start the season. I think it will be Brock Purdy. But either way, if it's Brock Purdy, is it going to be the same guy that we saw last season? Now, let's look, take a look at this defense for the San Francisco 49ers. We know they were absolutely fantastic once again last year. I mean, 300.6 yards per game. That was the fewest in the NFL. 16.3 points per game. They led the league in scoring defense. They had 13, 21 yards rushing allowed. That was second behind the Tennessee Titans. So they were pretty much outstanding in every single category. When you look at this Niners defense, though, they did make some changes. They lost, of course, their defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans. He's the head coach of the Texas, of the, of the Houston Texans at this point. So when you look at this defense, though, the nucleus is still intact. Do you still think that they're that much better than this Rams offense where, hey, it's going to be tough to score points against these guys? I, I think that it's always a bad matchup for the Rams. You know, we talk about it in boxing. We talk about it with certain pitchers in baseball against certain teams. There are just some guys, some teams, some organizations that just really seem to have your number. And no matter how much prep you do, no matter how much you change your roster, no matter how much their roster might change over, somebody just knows how to put you in that box, put you in, in into some unfavorable situations. And that's something that the Rams have not been able to figure out against the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan has turned Sean McVay inside out. And whether it's with D'Amico Ryans or Robert Salah or any of the guys that they've had on the defensive side of the ball, it really hasn't changed a whole lot. So while you're right, I think that there's some new personnel on, on both the coaching staff and on the football team. I think until I see the Rams have some success against them offensively, I'm going to be skeptical. Yeah, I do think there's a chance that they could be even better. They did lose some key pieces, cornerbacks, defensive line. But still, I mean, you got Armstead, you got Hargrave. They signed him, and they made that big free agent signing. And really heading into free agency, no one expected the Niners to swing that big and make a move like that. But it's clear to me that they are not content with finishing as a bridesmaid. I mean, they finished no. near the top. They want to win the Super Bowl like the Rams did. But I still look at this Rams offense, and they're potent. They're explosive. You get Cooper Cup back. You might have a better chance of establishing a better running game. Hopefully, the offensive line will be much improved heading into next season. Look, the reality is, you talk about a quarterback in San Francisco. Yeah, they have some guys that they think could work. Matthew Stafford, if he's healthy, he's still one of the best arms in the league. And I'm very curious to see early in the season at home, if the 49ers come into LA and they steamroll 
the Rams, does that set the tone for the entire season? I think there's so much riding on that game two matchup where, hey, if you beat the 49ers at home, you say to yourself, wait a second, we just beat a team that is favored to win the Super Bowl by a lot of pundits. They're at least in the mix for sure. And I think that that would go a long way to really setting the tone for the season for the Rams. But coming up next, we're going to talk about the other teams in the division, starting with the Seattle Seahawks. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. All right, but first, let's talk about our pals at FanDuel, right? The NBA playoffs are underway. Our Lakers are into the Western Conference Finals, so make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. You heard me right. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. And here's why I love FanDuel. Put the app right on your phone. It is safe. It is secure. You can get paid instantly. You want your money? They're going to get your money to your right way. There's no better place to bet all of the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Go check out those Laker odds right now. The Dodgers are hot too. Maybe get a chance at a little National League pennant right there. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And we're back here on Locked On Rams. Want to give a special shout out to our everyday listeners. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're also available over on YouTube, so be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and drop your Rams comments down below. So next, Trav, we're going to talk about this Seattle Seahawks, one of the surprise yep. teams from last season. LA plays Seattle in week one in Seattle, 125 kickoff, and then week 11, also a one 25 kickoff and look this this Seahawks team they were one of the surprises last year no one saw this coming from Geno Smith he got himself a nice little bag if you look at their offense heading into next year you added some weapons you added Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State this guy didn't play last year but we saw how dangerous he was in the Rose Bowl against the Utah Utes a few years ago and then also their running game was suspect with Kenneth Walker, but you add my guy, Bruin, Zach Charbonnet. I love that pickup for them. What is your outlook of this Seahawks team heading into 2023, Trav? Yeah, I think the Seahawks are really interesting because they, they did that thing that happens in the NFL every single season, right? There, there's always maybe two or three in, in any year and sometimes in a different year, maybe four or five, maybe even six teams where you come into the year like that team's not going to be very good. And then they are. And then about through four or five weeks of the season, you're like, yeah, are they for real or not? And they are. And that was the Seattle Seahawks last year. Last year, like you said, they trade Russell Wilson. They make that big move to send him to Denver. They get a bunch of draft picks coming back in. And at this point last year, the question was, is it going to be Geno Smith or is it going to be Drew Locke? There wasn't a person on earth, maybe not named Geno Smith, that thought he was going to have a great year along the way. And he was really, really good. And the Seahawks kind of jumped into that playoff picture. Uh, credit to them. They did a great job. Geno Smith did a good job. And here's the other side of this. Every single year, there's a team or two or three or four or five that was in the playoffs the year before that sinks like a stone. This is life in the NFL. I think the Seahawks are a very good candidate for that. With all due respect to Geno Smith, I'm not a believer. I thought that we saw him towards the end of the season and in the postseason that was a lot more like the Geno Smith that we'd seen at his other stops in the NFL along the way. Um, like we were talking about a second ago, Doug, with the uh, with, with the Rams having a bad matchup with San Francisco, this is the opposite. 
opposite. The Rams have a good matchup with Seattle. This is something that Sean McVay has had a great deal of success against Pete Carroll. Going back to pre-Sean McVay, even with, with Jeff Fisher, even when the Rams were dreadful, they always seem to give the Seahawks a, a, a tough time. That's a very favorable matchup for them there. And I think if the Rams are going to move up in the division, this is a spot where they can make some money uh, against Seattle, the team that they've had success with, and a team that I do expect to probably regress to the mean a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned, yeah, Travis, you mentioned Russell Wilson. I knew when I saw a Broncos country, let's ride. I know it was over <laughs> for Russell Wilson and that Broncos team. So, yeah, you look at that Seahawks don't, team. Don't, they're coming don't off forget that. about the invisible high fives coming out of the uh, the the tunnel at practice, too. That's, invisible uh, high fives, those were good. Mr. <laughs> unlimited. You got to be unlimited. Yeah, man. Hey, boy, oh he's boy. the king of cringe. We know that, right? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, look, you got to give credit to the Seahawks organization for moving off of him and trying to turn the page. And I think, like you said last season, they were competing earlier than they expected. And when it comes to them versus this Rams team, the Rams definitely have had more success against them than they've had against the 49ers. McVay is eight and five all time against that Seahawks team. And I look at their offense and what they can do with Lockett and Metcalf and even adding a Jackson Smith and Jigba. Look, I mean, I think this offense has a chance to be one of the best in the league. Geno Smith, we'll see after getting paid, after having the year he had last year, can he replicate that success? I think that is a big question for me. I still like what they're doing up in Seattle. And then, too, look, I mean, if you look at their offense last season, I mean, they were 13th overall, 12 in passing. They were 18th in rushing. So, for me, the big the big variable for them the caveat is can they get it done on the ground can Zach yeah. Charbonnet go in there and have an instant impact and how they match up with the Rams is from a defensive perspective can the Seahawks defense slow down the Rams offense can this Rams offense go and kind of be a Golden State Warriors or a team that can go up there and just score points and not really have to put a lot of pressure on their defense. Now, if you look at Seattle's defense last year, they were ranked 26th overall. They were 13th against the paths, 30th when it came to run defense. So their defense leaves a lot to be desired. How do you like their defense versus this Rams offense, Trav? Well, Pete Carroll obviously is a defensive-minded coach, right? This is somebody that made his bones on that side of the ball. And while we, you know, I, I still, maybe it's just you and I because we we are L.A. natives and we saw the Pete Carroll era at USC. You think of these high-flying, you know, Matt Leinert, Reggie Bush, Lindell White teams that were so good for so long. The fact of the matter is he's always been a defensive-oriented coach, and I think that's why they were as good as they were last year is that they were able to get off the field when they needed to. The, 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 he is a good NFL coach. This is something that I think when you – and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about them a little bit as well, the Arizona Cardinals – they can't get it figured out on the sideline. They, they keep going through all these different guys. If the guy that has the headset on knows what he's doing, everything else kind of settles down, and there's a general level of competence in the Seattle Seahawks organization. I, I, I use this a lot. I spoke about it uh, a ton during last season. When I say competent, I mean that is the ultimate compliment that you know what you're doing. It doesn't mean you don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean that you can't have a bad day. It means that just generally speaking, does it run the way it's supposed to? The Seattle Seahawks run the way that they're supposed to. They're always pretty good. I'll use last year as an example again. Even the year that they weren't supposed to be pretty good, they were. They found a way to get into the playoffs. So I think when you talk about Pete Carroll, a defensive-minded coach, and just a general basic level of competency, I think they're going to be good on both sides of the ball again. I don't know if they'll be as good as they were a year ago, but that's another one of those teams in the division that you just kind of know what you're going to get year in and year out. 
yeah, they have definitely been the model of consistency. I mean, since the Legion of Boom era, they've really kind of made that right move, moving off of Wilson like we just talked about. I think really the big key for them is up front. Last year, at a 33.5% pass rush win rate. That was 28th in the league. But I really like this signing of Draymond Jones in free agency. So I think they are going to be much improved on the interior defensive line, have their ability to get to the quarterback. So I think that's really what it's going to come down to. I think that their defense has gotten a little bit better. The Rams offense, if they're healthy, if the offensive line improves, improves, they're going to be able to score points. But I think my big concern is I don't want to see the Seahawks offense when they're humming against this Rams inexperienced defense. I mean, that is to me the big kicker when I match these two teams up. How can this Rams defense, they're going to see so many rookies, so many young players trying to have an impact. Yes, you have Aaron Donald, the all-world Aaron Donald in there, but they're going to have a lot to prove. So it's tough to really assess this Rams defense at this point until we see guys step up. It's going to be a very, very difficult challenge for them. But yeah, I think this Seahawks team, they're kind of like a fringe playoff team, but I think they're going to take a nice little step up. But I just don't think that when you compare what they're doing compared with the Rams are doing, I think they're building incrementally, whereas the Rams are saying, hey, man, we're going for everything. We want to push all the chips in if we have a chance, whereas the Seahawks are saying, okay, if we can get in the tournament, if we can get hot, maybe we have a chance, but I don't see them as legitimate Super Bowl contenders. But Travis, in the last segment, we're going to answer the question, can the Rams win the NFC West? We're also going to talk about the Cardinals that you mentioned. That's coming up in the final segment here on Locked on Rams. So here in our last segment here on Locked on Rams, we're going to talk about that Cardinals team and can the Rams win the NFC West? Now, Travis, we know the Cardinals, they have fallen off in a big way and got a new coach. Kyle Murray's injured. He won't be back probably until later in the season. The Rams probably won't see him under center when they face them in week six. So if you look at the matchups versus the Cardinals, they host them week six, a 125 kickoff, and then they go to Arizona week 12, a 105 start. Yeah, this Cardinals team, let's be honest here. To be frank, they could be the worst team in the NFL and it might not even be close. They might enter the Kayla Williams sweepstakes in week one. Just how do you look at this Cardinals team? I mean, will they be a threat? Do you think they're going to be a bottom feeder, a basement dweller here in the NFC West? I think the Cardinals are in that worst spot that you can be in when it comes to an NFL team. I think that they are the the fourth team and obviously in, in this division, but the Rams obviously have a lot of questions of their own, but Arizona's done the thing that I don't think you can do. And that is they made a terrible decision at a quarterback and then they doubled down on it. Right. That they decided to take Kyler Murray number one overall, which is fine. You know, sometimes you miss on that pick. They decided to take a guy that is a smaller player where traditionally in the NFL that has not worked out particularly well. Um, And then he's had moments where he's been really good. And there's been a lot of moments where he has not. We know about all the nonsense, whether it's true or not, about him having the video game clause in his contract and all that he has to do is homework and and, and whatnot. Uh, here's the, the fact that that's even in the ether, in the universe, is a bad thing. They got rid of the coach instead of the quarterback. They bring in a new guy in Jonathan Gannon. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I believe this to be true in, in my DNA. If your ownership is bad, you have virtually no chance. And the ownership has been bad in Arizona 
for a very, very, very long time. Once in a while, you'll stumble into some talent. Once in a while, you're going to stumble into a favorable schedule. You're going to win some games that maybe you shouldn't. But this is an Arizona team that a year or two ago had a really good roster. They had some good players. It seemed like they were headed in the right direction. Fast forward now, you got a quarterback making a ton of money, very little talent on the rest of the field, another new coach. I can't even go, you know, the, the amount of times I've seen a new Arizona Cardinals coach sitting here doing uh, my Rams pre-half and post-show. I probably couldn't even list them all over the last eight years. Um, this is an opportunity for the Rams to win some games. Now, you said something interesting, I think, Doug, that maybe the Cardinals could be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes as well. I want they might be ahead of the Rams when it comes time to draft, but because they've already made that commitment to Kyler Murray, are they ready to pull the ripcord on that to decide not to go there, to decide to continue to go with Murray? And would they be willing to trade that pick, to move back in that pick? And because the Rams not only need to get near the top if that's in fact what they want to do, but they need the guys that may be in front of them to have quarterback situations figured out. That's why I don't mind if the Texans are in front of them. The Chicago Bears are in front of them. They have a quarterback problem or at least a quarterback issue that they're trying to solve with the players that they've drafted and signed. The Rams need, they don't need the Raiders in front of them. They don't need the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in front of them. Teams that are in flux is finding that guy. So Arizona ahead of them is not the end of the world. Yeah, and if you, I think it's a fantastic point about Kyler Murray. How engaged is he? Do they have the right coaching down in Arizona? And yeah, they're really in a low point as a franchise, considering they committed so much money on Kyler Murray. They made him the guy. <clears throat> You trade, you pick Josh Rosen in the first round, and then you move off of him after one year. But look, you saw what they drafted him. He was very enticing. He was very, he's a very intriguing talent to go after. I mean, with his speed, with his quickness. But yeah, he's a guy that you just wonder about his commitment level. And I looked it up, and there is a Call of Duty coming out in December. So that's after the Rams play them in Arizona on November 26th. So it'd be nice. If Maybe move he'll that get a beta version. Up. He'll get an early release. And, and he'll he'll get early, that's a good point. He might get an early release. So that could be in the Rams favor there. And look, I think he should focus on trying to become the cover athlete for Madden than playing COD as much as he does. But still, I look at this Arizona team as a team that isn't going to be a threat in this division. The question is, can the Rams get two wins against them? And I think you look at a team that's probably going to be led, of course, by Colt McCoy, and for the entire 23, 2023 season, at least the first half, I think that is a win at home. And then you go on the road. And if Kyler Murray is back, or maybe if he's even traded at that point, I think there is a scenario where if they're joining the Caleb Williams tank club early on, then maybe you just completely go to a down to the studs rebuild and you try to go for those draft picks. I think it makes a lot of sense for that organization. So yeah, they're not going to be a threat in this division. Like I said, they are going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Let's just hope the Rams are much better than them. Unless you do want to see them tank. I mean, look, if, if you're a team like the Rams that says, oh, wow, like we want to be the worst team. They're even worse than us. How will that impact them from a draft standpoint? But Travis, next question I have for you is, do you think this Rams team, if everything breaks right? Yes, the first five games are probably only going to be favorites against that Colts team. And that's on the road on a 10 a.m. start. Do you think mm -hmm. it is a realistic scenario? Is there any realistic chance that this Rams team could win the NFC West? I, I think there's always a chance. I think the, the key word in your question, Doug, is a realistic chance. And the answer to realistic is probably not. 
San Francisco is a lot better than they are, and it's a bad matchup. So there's a couple of losses right there. Let's assume that they split with both Arizona and Seattle. So you're looking at two and four in your division, and then we know what they have outside of their division. They have an NFC East that has three very good teams in it. You have an AFC North that has uh, three very good teams in it. The schedule is not favorable to finding a bunch of wins. So I do not think so. You know, never say never. And if they get through those first five or six games, like you mentioned, I, I was looking at it this morning, I think the Rams are only favored in five games before the season starts. Now that can certainly change. Um, but if they get to that halfway point and they're around 500, if you're four and five, five and four through your first nine weeks going into your bye, maybe, you, maybe you do something, maybe you can take a shot there. But if you're looking at, at a couple of wins through your first eight or nine weeks, then I think that uh, the writing is on the wall of what you have to do at that point. Nice. So in the words of Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber, so you're saying there's a chance. So, yeah, everyone has a chance. Is it a realistic chance? I think you're right. I think it's unlikely. But I will say the question marks up in San Francisco, you just never know. I think there's a chance that the Seahawks team definitely takes a nice leap and really contends for this division. So, yeah, this has been one of the more competitive divisions in the NFL for quite some time. And we've seen the Rams at the top of this division for many years since they've come back to L.A. But this season, I think it just comes down to that early start because look let me look we've seen teams start 2-0 and and fall yep. off throughout the season I think it's going to be very interesting to kind of see if you know to kind of dangle that NFC West crown carrot in front of them and kind of make them believe that they can go on there and have success because I think part of the goal for this season is can you hit on any of these rookies and hitting on these rookies means they play well and if they play well that's going to help you for your future so yeah you want to get a high draft pick but that high draft pick isn't going to mean much unless you haven't hit on some of these rookie players so yeah there is a definite positive side for them to have success it's not all about tanking for Kayla Williams now in my opinion can they win the division you still have Sean McVay one of the best coaches in the NFL superstar Matthew Stafford we already talked about this when he's healthy one of the best in the game Cooper Cup the running game should be improved the offensive line hopefully will be improved with the addition of Steve Avila and just having guys healthy I'm my biggest concern of course is the inexperienced defense but yeah sure. anything can happen but I wouldn't put my money on it. If I was a betting man, betting through FanDuel, I wouldn't put my money on the Rams winning this division. But like I said, you get off to a good start, you stay healthy, anything can happen. But that is going to do it for this episode of Locked on Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And that man to your right is the legend, Mr. Travis Rogers, the Rams host of the, the host of the Rams pre half and post game show on the Rams flagship network, ESPN 710. You can follow him at Travis Rogers and let us know down below in the comment section. Do you think the Rams can win the NFC West? Who do you think is going to win the NFC West? Give us all your takes down below. And until next time, whose house is locked on Rams house.